We are in a series called How to Change Your Life. And by the way, if you missed the first two, I think it would be worth your time to go to our app or to go to our website or even to scroll backwards on Facebook where we uh, do this live um, to just kind of see what we've talked about. I think it will really, really help you. Those of you who've been here, I think you would say uh, right on to that because um, we've been giving you stuff that I think is super practical, super logical, and will make uh, sense. See, because here's the deal. Most every one of us every year um, makes some kind of New Year's resolution where we say, you know, in 2018, I'm going to, you know, lose weight or get fit or, you know, make my relationships better. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to learn a new instrument or a language. Like, whatever it is, we have these, like, lofty goals, these resolutions. But for so many of us, that's all it ever is. It's just like this idea, this, this dream, this intention. And, and what we've been saying is a lot of us have these uphill dreams and hopes and intentions, um, but we have downhill habits. John Maxwell said that, that most people have uphill hopes and dreams, but they have downhill habits, meaning they don't want to per- put the work, the effort, the energy that it takes to get to the top of the mountain, which is where they want to go. And so what we've been saying is we have to flip that, and we have to have, we have, to have uphill j- hopes and dreams and uphill habits in order to get there. Um, so we, we gave you the principle of the path, which is uh, Pastor Andy Stanley uh, created this, and, and there's a book out by the same name, which is awesome if you want to check it out. But he says this, that uh, direction determines destination. Not, not hopes, not dreams. Those are great. They're motivators. They're fuel for the fire. But at the end of the day, there is, everybody's on a pathway in life. And the path determines the destination we arrive on, that every decision we make about the big things in life is a pathway, and it has an outcome, and every path has an outcome. Every pathway has an outcome. So it's important to get week one, we said, on the right path. And then, then we added a layer to that last week where we said, but what determines direction? If direction determines destination, what determines direction? And we said that attention Um, What we focus on, what we're thinking about, our thought life determines the direction that we choose, which ultimately, uh, if attention determines direction, then direction determines destination. So what we focus on, what we think about, um, determines where we're going to end up. So we have to control our thoughts. We have to control what we focus on. So the right path and the right thoughts. And then we gave you our key verse um, that we've been preaching from this entire time in Romans 12 and 2. This is from the message paraphrase which says, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. So it starts with that. Fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. And then readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it, which is what we're going to talk about next week, that that idea of quickly responding to what God reveals to us about what we need to do differently. And then this is the phrase that we're going to focus on today. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. You need to realize that whatever your thoughts are about God, like from how you were raised, whatever sort of religious tradition you have, or if you didn't have a religious tradition, Like, whatever you think about God, this is true of God right here. That God wants the best for your life. God God wants the best for your life. And by the way, 
so do we as a church. That's what we want is to help you discover and to build up and bring out the best in your life. And that's what we do at Growth Track, by the way, which is happening in two, two Sundays from today or three Sundays, whatever, whichever day it is. Um, so let, let, let me ask you a question in light of all that, though. Has the best been brought out of you so far in life? Like, or would you be like me and say, no, I think there's, there's more there. I feel like I could be better. I feel like God wants to do more with me, wants to do more with my life, that, that God wants to bring the best out of me and he hasn't fully done that yet. But, but, but again, this, this doesn't happen just with hopes and dreams and, and intentions. That, that, that's great fuel. But what really works is by getting on a pathway, the right pathway, and following that until God develops a well-formed maturity in us, which is what Paul says. So the right path the right thoughts, and now the next layer of this is the right people. The right people. Now that's important because our relationships will have as much influence on the paths that we take in life and the destinations that we end up than any other thing. This is why Paul said again in our key verse, it's the culture around us that keeps dragging us down to its level of immaturity. So you are where you are today. And you are who you are today in large part because of the people who've been in your life up until this point, for good or for bad. And, and of course, some of you would say, it was my choice to be with the people. And some of you, you just kind of inherited those people. Can I get an amen? That's called family. Am I right? Right? But, but truth is, is, you are the sum total of your closest relationships, those who influence you most. So if we want to achieve our uphill hopes and dreams, we're going to need the right people alongside of us for the journey to help us get there. Or at the very least, they, they, they don't hold us back. So I'm sure at some point in your life recently, you've been lost or you wanted to go somewhere you've never been or you forgot how to go. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I go downtown, I don't know, I grew up here. I was born here. And I still don't know how to get around downtown. It's like every road just kind of turns and goes a different direction than it should. It's like there's no just straightaways. It's like bending and going this way and turning into another street. Is it just me? Is it just me? Okay. Apparently it's because we're celebrating our 300th anniversary. And 300 years ago they didn't know how to lay out roads. Can I get an amen on that? Anyways, um, whatever. So I, I'll get out the app and, and it, looks, it always looks something like this. When we don't know, what, you, you got this app on there. And you're the blue dot, am I right? You're the blue dot, and you're over there near San Antonio. And, you know, over there is Chihuahua, um, and, or Ciudad Juarez, right? And so you're like, I'm way over there, and I want to go to Chihuahua. Um, is that how you say that, by the way? Or am I just overemphasizing the wrong things? Anyways. So, anyways. So you're here, and you want to go there. And so you plug that in, all that information in, and then there's this little blue line that tells you all the roads to take. And for me, my watch actually taps me when it's time to take a left. Like tap, 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 tap. Which I need, by the way, because I'm really ADD and I can get lost in a heartbeat. My wife will tell you. I'll go, how did we get here? The other day we did. I said, how did we get here? She goes, well, you never turned around. You said you were going to turn around, but you never did. I said, I didn't? She's like, no. I was like, wow, here we are. <laughs> so I need to tap. You know what I'm saying? I need to tap. Um, Anyways, but, but don't you wish there was, were, were, were Google Maps for your life? <laughs> Wouldn't that be phenomenal? Like if you're like, man, I really stink at everything, and I need to get over there, and can I just plug it in, and they'll tell me where to go, right? Because how many of you know that you can't 
we just can't keep meandering around through life trying to figure it out. At some point, we got to figure it out because the chapters of our lives are quickly going by and you don't get to do them again, right? And so we need to know where do we go? Where, where I am and where I want to go is it's far away. And so maybe some of you can relate to this. Maybe you would say, my location right now is I'm single and i got a lot of bad habits and I would love, not everybody wants this, but some of you do, like I would love to be married and have, uh, be much more well-adjusted, right? Like some of you would say, and don't raise your hand, by the way. You'd say, yeah, that's like if you could just get plug that into the app, that would be phenomenal. Or some of you would say, man, I've got a lot of student loans. I've got a lot of credit card debt and I've got no budget at all. I don't live on a budget at all. And, but I would love to end up debt-free with money to enjoy my life. But how many of you know, if you stay on that current pathway, you're just not going to get there. Or, or maybe some of you who are parents would say, you know what? I've got two or eight lazy, out-of-control kids, and you would be like, the ending location is two pre-med students with a full scholarship. Can I get an amen on that, right? <laughs> kids, can I get an amen from that on you? You're like, yeah, I'd like that, right? But there's no app for that, is there? At least if there is, I don't know about it. And if you know about it, you're not telling me, shame on you. You know what I'm saying? For not sharing with a brother. But, but let me tell you what you do have available. You have people in your world, in your life right now, who have been there, wherever there is for you, and know how to get where you want to go. They have maps, at least the map that they use to get where they, want, where they got. And you're like, man, I want to get where they're at. And they know the way. You don't have an app, but there are people all around you that have been where you want to go. If you're married, you've all seen people who have the kind of marriage that you admire, that you would go, man, I wish, I wish our marriage was more like that, right? We all have that. Those of you who would say, man, I know people who are just good at money, man. They just know how to save and they're ready for retirement like way ahead of time. And they just have their financial house in order. Like we all know people like that. You know people whose kids are actually enjoyable to be around, right? You know, you're like, hey, we'll even take them to dinner one time with us. Otherwise, you're like, no, leave your dinner kids at home because we're not going to go with you if you bring your kids. Right? You're, like, you're like, not my kids, right? But anyways, um, no matter where you're trying to go, there are people in your life who've already been where you want to go. They've already climbed the mountain. They're already up there with your uphill hopes and dreams. They've already gotten there. They have a map, so to speak, and most of them, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are happy to tell you how they got where they are, to tell you their story, how they arrived where they are. Now, n- none of that is a revelation to you so far. But here's what's amazing to me, is that people refuse, for whatever reason, um, to take their cues from people who are where they want to be. And instead, and this is maybe even more amazing, they'd rather take their cues and look at the maps of people who've actually never been where they want to go. Like for whatever reason, whether they're afraid to ask for people who are down the road or whether it's just a path of least resistance just to kind of go with the crowd, wherever the crowd's going. And, and, and this is why you see people repeating the same mistakes that their parents made with them that they said they would never do. And this is why you see people falling in the same financial traps that everybody else falls into. You'd think we'd all learn from, from the people who make mistakes, but we don't. It's like a herd of sheep falling off of a cliff just following the guy in front of them. We're following the maps of around us, of friends around us who've most of the time never been where we want to go. But the great thing about having friends who share your season of life is that you have so much in common, right? You, you know the struggles, the, the challenges. But the downside of that is that they're not much further, if at all, down the road of life than you are. Friends are great for friendship, but they aren't always the great for advice giving. Can I get an amen on that, right? 
But, but we make the assumption that because certain behaviors are normalized in our culture or considered culturally acceptable, that we should do what everybody else in our culture does. It must be right because everybody in culture does it, or the most, most of the people do this. Or my favorite movie star, my favorite politicians, or my favorite television show host says this is the right way. And because they're rich and they're famous, they must know the right way. So I'll follow after them. But, 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 but we make this assumption because these, these behaviors are normal that, that they're, everybody's right in doing it. So, so if everybody you know is mortgaged out of their minds and they're driving two new but leased vehicles and, and borrowing against what little equity they have in their home, right, it must be right. Like if everyone you know is just sleeping with whomever they're dating at the time, well, then that's just the way it is, right? That's just normal because everybody does it. If shacking up instead of getting married is, is the path of least resistance, well, that's what everybody does, so that must be the right way. If, if everybody works so much during the week that they only see their kids on the weekends and they only see their kids at the zillion events that their kids have on the weekends because we think that it's normal to run our kids from start to finish on the weekend, right, then we're going to be all right, right? We're all all right. We're all all right, right? The, the problem some of you are like, he's lost his mind, right? But it's a thing. It's a thing. The, the problem, of course, is that every one of these people are on a pathway. And every path has a destination which none of these people have arrived at yet because they haven't lived long enough. And it feels like we're all all right, but are we? All of us take our cues in life from other people. We do, from someone whether that's financially or relationally or morally or spiritually or professionally or parentally, right? All of our decisions are being, at least the large things, are being impacted, perhaps even dictated by the patterns or the pathways or the opinions of other people. When it comes to the big things in life, we're being influenced by someone. Now, I know some of you right now are going, not me, man. Not me. Um, Because... I uh, am living my own life and I don't need anybody else to tell me what to do or how to do it. But then if that's what you think, you are following the pattern of people who went before you who consider themselves unconventional individualists. And uh, there are a lot of them, which then means, uh, by the way, that they're not really that individual after all or unconventional. But don't tell them that or they'll freak out on you in an unconventional way. Can I get a witness on that, right? But, But in light of all that, Wouldn't it be wise to stop and think about whose pathway you're following? Who's lighting your pathway through the darkness of life, right? Or did did you consciously choose them as an example? Um, Or or did you just inherit them? Did did you pick up a set of maps as a reaction to the way you were raised? And you're like, I'm never going to do what my parents did. So whatever they did, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Or or did you seek out the the, the advice and the wisdom of someone older and someone wiser. And the reason this is important for you to stop and ask yourself is because one of the most crucial decisions you will ever make in life is the decision regarding whose map you're going to follow in life. So, so, so because how, of how important this is, I, I can't overemphasize how critical it is for you to choose the right people to be around you and with you on your life's journey. So, so then what I'm saying is that in the core arenas of life, in terms of finances and family and morality and spirituality and f- friendships and, and professions and education and, and parenting, we all 
We all need a, a mental picture, which is called a vision of where we want our life to be like and what, how we want it to turn out. And then we need to learn from the collective wisdom of the, of the people who've been where we want to go. We need to learn from them so we can get to where we want to go. In, in, in other words, why in the world would we take our cues from anyone else but people who've been where we want to go? It just makes sense, right? So, so with all of that in mind, and it shouldn't shock us to notice that one of the primary avenues that God will lead us and guide us through is through the wisdom and the, and, and the, 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 the culture, the, the accountability of other people. So Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he said these things, and these are from the Proverbs, in Proverbs 1 and 5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Right? A wise man, you would think, well, because they're wise, they don't need to learn anymore. No, no. He says a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, meaning he's not asking the opinions of others. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Another one, Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there's what? There's victory. People are going to fall because they're not seeking counsel. And then last, and I could keep going with these, Proverbs 15, 22, without consultation, plans are frustrated. You ever, you ever just keep bumping your head against the same thing over and over again? You're like, man, I, this should work. This should change. Why, 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 do I, why am I so frustrated with this? He says, but with many counselors, they succeed. Plans fail because they didn't consult anybody. But with wise counselors, they succeed. So this is just good advice. This is just sage, like solid advice. And, and what he keeps saying over and over again is that smart people, wise people, are wise because they keep, they're, they're open to hearing new ways of doing things and learning new things about what they don't know. They never get to a place, Solomon says, where they're so, so brilliant, so smart, that they no longer need somebody else to, to, to coach them or to help them get where they're going. They're all, always ready to heed the wise advice of other people who've been where they haven't been in some specific area. In other words, and maybe you want to write this down, wise people know what they don't know. Listen to me. Wise people know what they don't know. And so they go seek advice from those who do. And this, this, this trait in their life is what makes them wise. Let me say it again. Wise people know what they don't know, and so they seek out those who do. And this is what makes them wise. They're not special in any other way except that they learn to listen to other people. And what areas of your life that you've been traveling down, bumping into the same stuff, fighting the same battles over and over again, do you just need to stop? Stop. Don't, don't go, I'll eventually figure it out. No, no, stop and ask for directions. Find people who've been where you want to go and go where they tell you to go. Go with them. So in light of all that, what do we do now? In light of the fact that we realize we probably are in some places that we don't want to be because we've never stopped to listen. So what do we do now? Number one, these are in your notes if you're following along with us in the notes. Be selective about who has influence in your life. Like be choosy, be picky about who you allow to speak wisdom to in your life. And, and here's why Proverbs 27, 19 says it this way. A mirror reflects a man's face, 
But what he's really like is shown by the kinds of friends he has. Think about that. Like, you can put on whatever mask, you can come to church and put on whatever mask that you want, go to work that way, live your life with a mask on, but at the end of the day, we can see what you're really like by the kinds of people that you hang around with most. Because as we've already said, your relationship decisions are the most important decisions that you make in your life, absolutely hands down. You show me who has influence on your life, and I'll show you what your future is going to look like. You're going to end up wherever those people are at. You're going to end up wherever those people are at. So you, you've got to evaluate every influential relationship in your life to decide what kind of influence that person is having on your life. Because here's another truth. Your friendships are a force forming your future. Students, please hear what I'm saying. Your friendships are a force forming your future. So if it's true that the key people in your life are influencing your path, for better or for worse, isn't it time to maybe today or tomorrow carve out some time, get out your journal, get out your phone, get out whatever you write on, and go make a list of your most important friendships and your most important relationships and decide, hey, are these people helping me or are they hurting me? Right? Are, 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 they, are, they, are they causing me to stumble? Or as Paul says, are they bringing me down to their level of immaturity? And, and if so, it might be time to take step two of, of three that we're going to give you today. And these, this is harsh, but sever any harmful relationships in your life. Or, or, or at least redefine them or create boundaries so that these people are limited in how much influence that they have in your life. But by the way, just to be clear, I'm not talking about your marriage. Like Pastor Danny said when we get home today for me to dump you, right? That's what I'm... No. No, I didn't. Talk about the other ones, all right? I'm talking about any relationship that you have that is leading you down a, a wrong path. And, and, and let me step on a toe or two here. This could be a situation where you're married and you think it's okay to flirt with anybody that comes along or anybody, period. Whether that's on Facebook or on Snapchat or wherever. Man, let me tell you, that's a pathway and it's a painful pathway and it's a dead end that ends up with people's hopes and dreams and people's families broken and shattered. The end of that path is that you might lose everything that you've worked so hard to have. Your, your, your marriage, your family, your kids, your reputation, the whole bit. Sever that, man, and do it now. And, and, and text it and then change your number. Like some of you think, oh, i got to meet with this person and tell them, hey, no more of that. No, no, no. Text them and, and, and sever it and change your number. Run away, man. And you're like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. They, they didn't seem to care about your wife or your husband or your kids' feelings. Why should you worry about them? Text them, hey, this is, oh, we're done. And then run away and change your phone number. Come on, somebody, give me an amen on that. All right, that was good, whether you liked it or not. It might be time for you to sever or at least severely, seriously limit any relationships where you have friends that are leading you down bad paths. And some of you say, oh, these guys are my boys. They've been my boys forever. We just have a good time. It's a pathway, man. It's a pathway. And, and, and ask your wife what she thinks about your boys. Ask your husband what, what he thinks about your girls that you go out with on Tuesday nights or whenever. Like, like hey, is that good or bad? It's a pathway, man, and you got to decide, hey, these people are hurting me or they're helping me, right? Redefine it, because Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So, so, suffers harm. so, so Solomon's saying, look, this is two pathways. You can hang around with wise people who are going your way. You'll grow wiser still, but you can hang around with fools, and you're going to end up harming yourself. 
Because every decision you make in life, listen to me, you may think, nah, it's just my decision. It only affects me. No, it affects other people always. Always does. And by the way, it also becomes everybody else's business. It's nobody's business what decisions I make. No, eventually when you fall off a cliff, we're all going to know about it and we're going to judge you for it. Right? That's just true. I don't mean like negatively. We're just going to be like, man, how do they do that? Why do they do that? Right? And so, so what that means then is not everybody who's good to you is good for you. And they don't have to be bad people to not be good for you. Because some of you are involved in codependent relationships that neither are bad people, but your friendship is built on, on supporting the weakness or the worst ways in each other, right? You're not better together. You're actually propping each other's bad habits up. You hang out with negative people. Guess what happens to you over time? You become negative. It's hard. Like, like you, you, you hang around people who are constantly complaining about the job and the boss that you have, but you like your boss. You're comfortable with your job. But if you listen to them nag about your boss and your job, but before long you're like, man, I really do hate this job. Because they're influencing you, right? You, you talk to people who are constantly talking down about their husband or down about their wife. It's, it's pretty hard for you not to start thinking negatively about people of the opposite sex, right? This is just, this is just true. It's hard for that to not get on you. Like, here, here's a perfect one. You ever try to lose weight? Like I'm doing right now, they're trying to drop some poundage, but you hang around with friends who aren't and they don't care what you're eating. Like you're eating grass and seeds and they're just jamming everything in their face. This is, I'm talking about your wife and your husband right now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you're like, could you help a brother out? Man, my wife doesn't do this to me, but I do this to her. You know what I'm saying? This is me hanging my head in shame right now. She's eating grass and seeds, and I'm like jamming ribeyes and Twinkies down my face. Hard to lose weight in that situation. Am I right? Yes or no, right? So it's time to redefine that relationship. Let me talk to the students here, particularly those in middle school and high school. Those friends that you're hanging around with at school in the neighborhood, man, what path are they on? Are they bringing out the best in you? Or are they pulling out the worst in you? Are they dragging you down to their level of immaturity? Like, if you don't know what pathway they're on, ask somebody who's six or seven years older than you because they saw this movie in their high school and they're still paying the price right now, five, six, seven, eight years later for the people they hung out with in high school. This is true. Am I right, parents? Come on, it's true. We pay the price for the people we hang around with in school. Listen, I'd rather be lonely on the right path than be in a crowd that's walking off a cliff every single time. Number three, you gotta, so, so number one, you gotta evaluate your friendships. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta decide who gets to be influencing in, in your life. Number two, sometimes you gotta sever those relationships. And number three, you gotta create some healthy relationships, right? I, I wanna give you three kinds of relationships that you need to have to have the right people in your life. And, and I've said this one before, but it bears repeating. Every believer needs some friends in faith. We all do right? Friends who are going down our same path. Friends who share your beliefs and your faith in God. Not exclusively. You need to hang around with other people too because you need to influence them in the positive ways. But you need to be around people who share your faith and your belief and your convictions, who will stand with you as you walk out this life of following Jesus, who will encourage you to stand when it's not easy to stand, who will, uh, or popular to stand in faith, who, who will encourage you when your faith gets tested and, and comes under fire. We need friends in faith. Now some of you would say, you know what? I don't have any friends in faith. Well, you know what I would say to you in response? 
It's time to find some friends in faith. Like, like they don't use that as an excuse that you don't have any. You got to work at it. And, and sincerely, I don't know of a better way for you to find friends in faith than to get on a team here at LifePoint or, or to join one of our life groups that are launching in two weeks. Like get, on a, get, in, get in a group, man, and we're, we're launching. And you can get, by the way, about our groups. You can find more information at lifepointsa.com backslash life groups. We'll have blurbs there. You can contact the people who are leading those groups. You can ask them questions. You can find out where they're meeting at. And we're gonna put a lot more information up this week about all that. But listen, get involved in a life group. And by the way, we're not gonna do all the tent stuff that we normally do. We're just gonna ask you to, to get on the app or to get on, on lifepointsa or to go to Next Step Central. We're gonna have a list out there. We're gonna have a list out there for you this next week and in your chair on Sunday. Um, but to, to make, you put the effort out to get, to get on a, in a group because this is how you make friends. This is how you make friends in faith. Get on a team. If you can get on a team and be on a group, do that. But if you can't, do one or the other. Just get plugged in where you can find friends in faith. You see, because the friends God has for you won't come into your life unless you start friending them. Right? It, it's so weird because we keep waiting for people to come up to us and force themselves into our lives. But listen, that's called a stalker. Come on, somebody. Like, nobody ever asks me out to lunch after church. I walk out into the parking lot. Do you really want people chasing you out into the parking lot? You're like, hey, security, right? It's a stalker, man. Like, we need to mutually try. Because Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. You know what? I've never seen a friendly person who was consistently lonely. I'm not saying they never have times that they're lonely. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that they weren't consistently lonely. But I've seen bitter people who were lonely. I've seen self-righteous people who were lonely. I've seen judgmental people who were lonely. I've seen people who walk around with a do not disturb sign on their face. Can I get an amen? Right, you hear go to hotels and they got to do not, you're like, you're, if you're the like, you don't, you're like, oh, I'm not knocking on the door. They got to do, do not disturb sign. Some of us walk around with that on our face all the time. Like, well, I don't have any friends. Well, mix in a smile. That's all I'm saying. Jesus, help us God, right? Amen, right? If you want to have friends, you got to, friendship is an uphill habit, by the way. It, it takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. You can't go the path of least resistance, which is I'm just going to talk to everybody on social media and call that all my friends in the world. Like, I know, it's, I know it's bizarre, but sometimes you need people that are actually looking at you like across a coffee table, not just through the screen, right? Just throwing that out there. Um, the, 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 the second one that we need to create, I hold up three, but I meant two, was letter B, we need to create relationships with wise mentors. We need, everybody needs a mentor in life. Everybody needs a coach in life. Everybody needs people who see your blind spots and go, hey man, you're heading down a bad path. And these can be just people who are older or, or people who can just be more seasoned in a specific area than you are. They, they've, they've got those maps that we discussed earlier. People who are success, successful in an area that maybe you haven't been successful at in your life and God can use them to help you get where you want to go. Let me tell you about what I know about God. Anytime God wants to do something significant in your life or mine, he will use other people to help us get there. Every single time. He will involve others. Matter of fact, I guarantee you that if you take a, a look back to your recent past, your, 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 your own life, anytime that you've experienced um, a surge in personal growth, a, a career you know, spike in, in your career or your financial growth, there will always be another person attached to that. Somebody who 
who helped you pull your dreams together. You're like, this is my dream. Can you help me make it a reality? It will take other people. Somebody who opened doors for you that you couldn't open for yourself. Somebody who kind of financed your dream or your vision for your life. It will always involve relationships that God has put around you. But, but here's what I've found in my own life with people who come to me for advice is that they often come knowing ahead of time what they're going to do and they're hoping that I'm going to say, you're right on that. Come on, have you ever given people advice and you, and, you, and you realize they aren't hearing one thing I'm saying right now? I know full well that when we get up from here, they're gonna go out and keep walking down the same path even though I told them this is gonna be disastrous. This is gonna be painful. You're gonna be doing this a year later. You're still gonna be doing the same thing a year later. And, but they always know better. And then they wonder why I keep fighting the same battles over and over and again. Listen to me. The best counsel in the world is wasted counsel if our minds are already made up before we ever arrive. And here's the fascinating thing. Check this out. It's amazing to me that when we make bad decisions and bad choices and we find ourselves in dark places and, and, and holes and we're like, man, how did I get here? Who is it that we turn to for help getting out? The answer is, the same people who we should have gone to before we made this bad decision who would have said, listen, don't do this, man. We go to the same people we should have gone to beforehand. And what if we learned from our mistakes to go, you know what, from now on, I'm going to go talk to people who are where I want to be already, and I'm going to say, what would you do in my situation? How would you handle this? What would you do with your relationships? What would you do with your kids? Man, you're, you've raised incredible kids. Now, what can I learn? How can I learn from you? We end up falling in holes, and we go to the people to help us get out of the holes that we should have talked to before we fell in the hole in the first place. Isn't that amazing? We can learn. We can learn from that. God has placed incredibly wise people in your life and into mine. And I want to tell you something about that. Not one of us will ever grow to the point in our life where we're so smart, so wise, so experienced that we don't need the objective wisdom, the objective viewpoint of people who are not us. And the second layer of that is that you will never reach your full potential without accepting the wise counsel of others. You will never get to the top of the mountain without other people helping you along the way. So your responsibility and mine is to go out and find these people to create relationships with people saying, can I buy you dinner? Can I buy you coffee? Can we get lunch together? I just have an issue that I want your advice on. And some of you would go, well, then I'm going to run to the pastor. I'm going to run to the, 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 these, you know, these people on the church's staff. No, no, no. There are people all around you. There are people that are aunts and uncles and cousins and, 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 and bosses that you say, hey, could you just give me some advice around this. They're already in your life. You don't have to even work that hard, but you've got to make the decision to go for it. L letter C, last one. We need to create a relationship with God. And let me tell you what I mean by that, because some of you would say, well, I, I have a relationship with God, but let me tell you what I mean by that. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered what your life could look like if you really went all in with God? Like if you gave God your very best in all the areas of your life, not, not perfectly, but you went all full on chasing after God. God, I will do what you call me to do. I will get on that process, that, that growth track, that, those life groups, that, the team. I, I will get involved in helping other people. I will get involved. Like what would your life look like a year from now if you went all in in 2018? Now, some of you would say, you know, I've seen people like that, and we call those people fanatics. 
everybody knows a fanatic, and I, I feel you. But, but isn't it strange that in other areas of life, when like, well, like, like let's use this for instance, because it's, 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 fo- it's the biggest day in football today, one of the biggest days for sure. Where when people go all in for their sports teams, meaning they, they spend all their extra money, their discretionary income on tickets, like in $15 beers and $12 bottles of water and, and then they paint themselves and they wear jer- grown men wear, like buy $150 jerseys like with somebody on their name and there's nothing wrong with that because you're going to come in two weeks dressed in those and we're not, I don't want you to think in advance that we're making fun of you for the, having those at all. Just, just throwing that out there. But, and then when they get there, they, they, they get to the game and they, they do all the worship moves that are listed in the book of Psalms, right? They're clapping their hands and they're screaming. They're lifting their hands and they're, they're hollering with a loud voice. And they're jumping up and down. And, and we don't think of them weird, right? We're just like, yeah, dude's a fanatic for his team. Paints his face. That's kind of weird, but whatever, man. He's 49, but you know, it's cool. But you know, for me, and I, I'm a sports fan. I love sports. I'm not going to give my best to a team that doesn't even know my name. And not give my best to the God who actually created me in the first place. And that's why I'm going to encourage you and we encourage you week after week to go all in and watch what God does in your life. Watch what happens that you won't be disappointed by this. God will change your life and that's why we know that the one thing that can change your life is that you go all in with God. Or if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus, that you do today. Like you don't wait another week. You do it today. Or, or, or perhaps you're the kind of person who would say, you know what, Danny, I'm, I have a relationship with Jesus, but it's kind of I got one toe in the water. Or I got one foot in and one foot out. Let me tell you something. That will never work. Some of you, the reason that you haven't grown in your faith ever is because you're living that way. Like I'm, I'm a Sunday kind of Christian. It doesn't work doesn't work. But why don't we all just say collectively, I'm going to go all in. My faith, I'm going to go all in with Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to go all in. I want to just see what God can do in my life. Or next year around this time, we'll be preaching another, another series like this. Like, yeah, this time, man, this time. No, no. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is the day to get on the right path with the right people thinking the right thoughts. Today is the time to go all in. So let me pray for you. If any of this has resonated, you you, you know who you are. And and listen to me. Nobody's going to call you to the front. Nobody's going to come and lay hands on you. We're not going to ask you to go to another room later on. This this is just you and God, just right here, right now. If you're like, you know what, Pastor Danny, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. Then I want, you, I want you to include me in that prayer today, Pastor. Would you just raise your hands up all over this place if that's you? I want, I want, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. Yeah. Several hands lifted all over this place today. I want you to pray along with me then, would you? Lord Jesus, today's the day I, I'm going all in. I'm giving my heart to you, Jesus. I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Romans 10, 10 says that if we confess our, with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So today, Lord, I, I want to confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to ask you to be the forgiver of my sins. 
Lord, I've been going down the wrong pathways for so long. I want to stop. I want to repent. I want to turn around. I want to head in a new direction. I'm asking you to lead and guide me. I want to put you first. I will put you first in 2018. From the rest, from this day forward, I will follow you. I make you Lord of my life. I ask you to live in me. I ask you to change me. I'm going all in. I'm going to do everything I can, everything I know to do, but I'm going to trust you all the way to be leading and guiding me. I'm going to let your word be a light unto my pathway so that when I don't know what to do, I'm going to get into the word of God. I'm going to ask the people around me to give me wisdom, especially those who've been where I want to go. I'm going to lean on to you in Jesus' name.